Welcome to the Pitbull Patty Show. I'm your host, Patty Stuckler. We're keeping it real here with straight talk and sharing true stories that will inspire you to change your life. Are you ready for this? Because here we go. How can just 15 minutes a day change your relationship with your hormonally challenged teenage daughter? My guest today teaches exactly that. In this episode, you'll learn just what the heck is going on in that teenage brain and how you can avoid the drama trap. She's the author of the award-winning bestseller, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict and Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, a guide for mothers everywhere. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist and speaker. It's an honor and a privilege to introduce Colleen O'Grady. Hi, Colleen. Hey, Patty. It's good to be here. <laughs> well, my I have I have one daughter also, and uh, now you just have one daughter, or you have more than one. I have one daughter. You have one she daughter. Was enough. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I have one also, and a son. And I kind of think the daughters are a little tougher. A lot of people will say boys are tougher, but I think uh, girls, when they're in those teenage years, is is really tough. But I got to ask you, I'm really intrigued. What in the world can a mom do in just 15 minutes a day that would really like change the dynamics, better the relationship between the mother and daughter? So here's what they can do. It's really, really simple. Um, And I would say maybe 20 years ago, this would have happened more naturally. But in our busy, busy schedules, there is no downtime. And so often, it's um, you're for moms, we're just kind of monitoring all the time. Moms can get stuck in being like a 24 7 monitor. Hey, we need to go to school, you know, okay, you need to eat your breakfast. And when they come home from school, okay, so you better start your homework. You need to go to soccer. Okay, you need to finish your homework. You need to eat. You need to go to bed. And there's really what I call the lost art of hanging out. And oftentimes, Moms will try to talk to their kids when they're stressed out. And that's when moms get like kind of these one word answers like, okay, whatever. No, I don't know. So moms, you can be kind of intentional about finding some like even 15 minutes where your daughter is a little bit more relaxed and you just hang out. The good news, it does not cost you a ton of money. And uh, a lot of times those ton of money shopping sprees ends up in a disaster anyway. You probably know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But so so what it looks like is um, it starts with a positive distraction. And your daughter says something to you like, hey, mom, you know, look at this U- YouTube video or listen to this song or look at these shoes. Aren't they cute? Now, we can think, oh my gosh, you need to be doing your homework and that's such a waste of time. But if you just kind of hang there and just say, and look at the shoes or watch the video, that's a way that you're starting to build a bridge of connection. And then after that comes what I call, like, um, she spontaneously starts to open up. So if we take off that monitor hat where... You know, we're saying you need to do this, you need to do that, and we just are just there, not critiquing her. Then, and she kind of knows it because we watch the video, and then she'll kind of say, "Hey, you know, here's what happened today," 
And those are the golden moments. So, so it she gets bored and she'll be off to the next thing. But if you like what I can tell my parents is if you make like 15 minutes where you just are up to nothing but just being with your daughter and enjoying her, because often moms have this big old frown on their face because we're like, oh my God, look at your room. So in those 15 minutes, you know, we're just, <laughs> they're seeing mom enjoying life and having fun and we're laughing at the, the stupid cat video and we're building this little positive experience. So it sounds like kind of really making um, a, a, a conscious uh, effort to be present, you know, at least 15 minutes a day where you're just relaxed. You're not in that mom mode of clean your room, do your homework, eat your vegetables, but really being present in whatever they want to talk about and then let them open up. Yes, absolutely. And it's harder than it sounds. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're, it's, it sounds like, oh, that's so easy. But it's not when you're thinking, okay, have you even started to begin your homework or your room? I, we cannot see your floor. You know, there's towels on the floor. So it's, it's harder. And sometimes the, the, these times come later in the evening when they've relaxed. Often they're not on mom's timetable because like I remember taking my daughter to school and I would think, okay, driving my daughter to school, this is a great time to connect with her. Mm -hmm. But she was like super stressed because like she was facing middle school drama and tests. So she didn't like want to talk. So um, if I forced it, it would end up with her slamming the door and saying like, okay, whatever. So if I just chilled out and usually I had opened up my computer and I was working on something, then she'd hop on the bed, throw the dog up there and she'd kind of want to chat. So I started to learn that is the golden moment to shut the computer and just be present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can yeah. remember now, my daughter's now grown, and in fact, she's now a mom herself. Uh, she's got a one-year-old and another one due soon. So, um, but I can remember she played travel sports. She played softball all the years growing up, and, and gymnastics even prior to that. And I spent an awful lot of time in the car with her and on the baseball field or softball field, I should say, with her. But that, you know, that did lend itself to us having an awful lot of conversations because you're just with them a lot. And, and so yeah. you would eventually get to what you're talking about. Just so relaxed that you're looking at some stupid video or you're doing whatever. Or I used to catch for her too. So, uh, in fact, I've got seven, seven stitches above <laughs> one eyebrow from, uh, um, uh, a ball I didn't catch, <laughs> but that, that, yeah, you know, really gave, gave us something in common too. Do you, do you advise your clients to have something that they can, you can do specifically together, like build something, make crafts, whatever, uh, play sports or play musical instruments or oh, anything yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Anything that, um, just the, the idea behind it is that you are, like there's multifacets to your relationship with your daughter. And where I see it becomes a problem is when your relationship gets kind of diminished to that just one facet of being the 24-7 monitor. So 
like I'll tell my moms when I'm speaking is I said, can you imagine if you're out with your best friend and you said, you know what, you need to wash your hair. Like, why are you wearing that shirt? You better not eat that dessert. You know, Mm -hmm. you probably wouldn't want to go out with that friend again. No. So, (laughs) so it's, (laughs) <laughs> I do have some Wanna friends like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's maybe why, you know, some girls are like hiding in their rooms because they don't want to be picked on. But if so, if you show a different side uh, to her, like that you do share, like my daughter and I actually share a lot of, uh, we, we both enjoy um, the same music. And so she'll say, listen to this song. And I really like it. So if it's, yeah, if it's tossing the ball or playing basketball or um, whatever it is. I mean, it could be just looking at shoes. Mm -hmm. But it's something um, that she sees that you're like, she sees you as a human being. And like, you're like this, um, this kind of fun adult. Mm -hmm. So yes. And even um, I noticed uh, as my daughter got to high school age, she was really into makeup and and really is quite good at, you know, knowing a lot about makeup and and that kind of thing. And she would teach me things so that I wasn't stuck in kind of doing the same makeup, never really progressing with with makeup brands and, and trends and stuff. And so is that something also to maybe, is there, you know, kind of have something that they're, whatever they excel in and, and they can teach you. Is that something that you ever yes. talk about with clients or yes. your daughter? Yes. So it's it's receiving, being able to receive from them. And yeah, they, they love it. Like my daughter will, it's like, mom, oh my gosh, your eyebrows or something. And <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, I've had that too. <laughs> um, but it's helpful. And I think they, they love it when I'm like, oh my gosh, I never even noticed that. Or, you know, so it's it's fun. Again, they're, yeah, they're helping you. Another thing is, is being curious about their world and where they can kind of teach you about the adolescent culture. And so they'll tell you quite a bit if you're curious and not judgmental and like, like what is it really like for them in high school? What, what's it like sitting in lunch? What's it like, um, and and the whole digital world, um, and you can you can use what's different. Like, uh, for example, you know, I didn't grow up with Instagram, and so what's it like uh, seeing your friends at a party that you haven't been invited to, and continuing to see these pictures? Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they can teach you, like, what are the norms of the high school. And if they they sense that you're really curious, that's also building um, kind of this bridge of connection, which which is crucial for these teenage years. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes so, so much sense. One thing I would say that uh, a lot of a lot of my work is based on neuroscience, and in my book is very mom friendly, but the principles are really based on research. And when you understand things like what's really going on in that teenage brain, it really informs your parenting and it informs how to connect with your daughter. So our, the kids today are really stressed out. 
uh, a lot of times are emotionally flooded. And a lot of that, yes, is because of that teenage brain. But it's also that we live in a really stressful culture. And if your kids are emotionally flooded, meaning what I mean by that is they have a flood of emotions of either anxiety, stress, fear, depression, anger, this, they are in the lower brain and they are in the stress brain of fight, flight, freeze. So they can't, this is when you get the one word answers. They're, they're not going to be opening up to you because they're stressed out. When you are emotionally flooded in the lower brain, you are offline from the higher brain, which is when, when you see someone who's in their whole brain, they're very pleasant. When you see someone who's emotionally flooded, that's when you tend to see drama girl. Do you feel that, that teenage girls today are more stressed out than, say, you, know, you or I were at the same age? Do you feel that, that things have changed? Yes, I not only I not only feel that. Um, what I've noticed is I've been a marriage and family therapist for 25 years. And so years ago, the parents would drag their kids in because they snuck out of the house and went to see their boyfriend and drank some. Now I get a lot of girls coming in because of anxiety. And the research that's really alarming is this is one out of three girls will three teenage girls will experience significant anxiety and two out of five girls will experience depression. And, mm -hmm. and the statistics are a lot higher for girls than boys. The boys are a lot lower. So this rise of anxiety in teenage girls and rise of depression is this culture, this, this. So yes, it's, it's different. And so what are, what are the factors? Is it because of the online social media with, you know, comparing themselves to other girls or not being at a, invited to a party that they can see online or cyberbullying? What are, what are all the causes of why are they so stressed out compared to when I was a kid? I'm just curious. Right. I don't, I, I, I understand what you're saying and I, I believe it. I believe that uh, I have a lot of nieces now that are that are teenagers and I've never heard the word anxiety more than I do today. People say it all the time. Oh, I'm going to have an anxiety attack. Oh, I'm, you know, whatever. And it's like, wow, why are you so stressed out? But why is that? Is, you know, is there yeah, one thing yeah. in particular? I, I think there's three things. And, um, I, I think the three things are one is that we don't have downtime and downtime the, the kids are scheduled like all the time so that, uh, you know, they start their homework at eight o'clock and then they do their homework and then they, they still want to have their friends. So they're trying to talk to their friends. So there is no time to just chill out and relax. And that is the body's natural way to, to relax is downtime where there's no pressure, you don't have to accomplish anything, like just hanging out in the neighborhood, mm -hmm. that, that's not happening. So um, that's why a lot of times the drug of cho choice in high schools are things like Xanax, mm. because they're just, they're trying to find a way of chilling out. So they're, they're overscheduled, lack of sleep. Um, then I think, yes, the research has shown that um, social media has been a big contributor to that. 
And I think girls are more sensitive to that in terms of social stuff. I can't tell you how many uh, girls I work with. Like, we can't even imagine because we didn't grow up in that culture. But, like, when I was in high school, I had maybe a, a feeling maybe I was left out of a party, you know. But I didn't know for sure. And I sure didn't have a like every 10 minutes in my face reminder of what yeah. I was missing. Yeah, <laughs> true. You know, <laughs> with them all doing hugs and like, Whoa! you know, all their selfie pictures. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, so it's that. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think a huge one for girls is the, um, we are, have a culture, there's the pressure to be perfect. And these Moms feel it. Moms, we feel it. That's mm-hmm. why, like, those those movies like Bad Mom, like, you know, which are stupid movies, but why moms will laugh a lot because mm-hmm. it, it talks of, it shows that pressure to be perfect and how absurd it is. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just bring, you know, cupcakes. They have to be gluten-free to the little bake sale. You know, mm-hmm. all it's just the pressure on moms to look a certain way and you know, their house, their hair, the, the partner, how all it looks is so important. And if moms feel that and and they they unconsciously pass that pressure down to their daughters and they want to have a perfect daughter and a perfect daughter who doesn't do anything really embarrassing that would make them look bad, like if they got caught with weed at school, that would be terrible. Or, you know, they've They've got to have the right friends. They have to have the right hair, the right look, the right grades. And these and these kids feel that pressure to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And these girls, um, you know, and I'm sure you remember with your daughter, I mean, how long they can stay in front of the mirror to make sure their hair is just like right and the makeup to be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, come on, let's go. You know, and they and they look in the mirror a lot to make sure their outfit looks just right. And even it looks like they don't they might not care about their grades, but that's like procrastination really could be perfectionism in disguise. Because they feel like they can't get it right, mm-hmm. so they kind of put it off. Girls will tell me, I remember I had one girl come in and she said, um, okay, so we could do sports and maybe not be the superstar or the, the, the ballet person has to be the superstar or the musical, but we have a culture for kids that you have to be superstars. Mm-hmm. So a lot of kids will stop doing sports because they, they can't be that competitive with it. And they, they'll stop. One girl said, I, I don't sing anymore because I can't sing like Taylor Swift. You know, so the expectations are so high. I had a girl who's a freshman who said, you know, she had so much pressure about her grades that she felt like, you know, well, F this because I already made a C and I, I, I can't make it in college because I've already blown it. Wow. Like there's <clears throat> I had a, a girl who would put post-it notes in the shower stall when she was a senior because she felt like she couldn't take and she was studying off these post-it notes. Like she couldn't even take a shower without doing something. Wow. So these girls feel this pressure. And, and so they compare themselves to other people. 
And so, so then your friendships become about ranking, you know, who's the most popular one, who's the most beautiful one. And so if I'm a little bit fatter than her, then I'm worthless. And so it, I think it's just, it's a combination of, of cultural messages. And then, and then these teen girls are vulnerable anyway with, with where they are in their brain development and with hormones. So it, it is rough. There was a Netflix series that was very controversial called 13 Reasons Why, which was about the main character was a girl who killed herself, committed suicide, and her 13 reasons why she did it. And this was so popular with teenage girls, like starting with like 10-year-old girls. They would stay up all night watching, binge watching like 12 episodes of the series and it just tells you a little bit of it. It got into kind of how girls feel judged, um, the date rape, the bullying, all of that. It's so interesting what you're saying because I I have been thinking to myself, God, you know, some of my nieces that are so drama filled, and and I remember when my daughter was. I mean, she's twenty seven now, but I, I my nieces and I look at them and I think, God, you know, what kind of problems they have? You know, they live in nice homes, they have great parents, they have you know all these things, you know, all the technology, blah blah blah. So I have often thought, God, you know, just kind of kind of disgusted by it and now you're you are shedding some some a little more light as to um you know a lot of things that are going on with them as to the pressure and i and i think the pressure you're even talking about with the girls you're right even women you know uh, in their 30s 40s 50s 60s whatever are a lot of them are feeling that same pressure too anymore because we also are on social media and see, oh, so-and-so got, you know, a new, new car, new house, new, whatever, whatever's going on right. with them. We're, we're feeling uh, that kind of a little bit of that pressure. And when I was a kid, we did play kickball out in the street. That's uh, now I was one of a boatload of kids. So I had yeah. you know built-in friends uh, with yeah. all my siblings, but, um, we used to just, we would play outside. My mom would say, go out and play. And we'd go out and play until it was dark, you know, or at least till dinner. And then we'd go back out and play until it was dark. And it was just you, that's what you did. It was like you're describing, uh, relaxing, a, a relaxing time. And you didn't have all that same pressure you're talking about that these kids, I guess, really do feel. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so a couple other things about this is at the core of the pressure to be perfect, first first of all, since no one can be perfect, it, that's going to set you up to not feel really great about yourself. And then we have that mean, this what I call it, kind of the sneaky mean voice that says like, um, and then this is this is the lower brain that says, you know, well you're stupid, you're ugly, you're fat, you're a loser. And, um, so these are the messages that these girls are kind of, that's their self-talk. And at the core of that, the core of feeling like you can't be perfect is shame. And why people feel pressure is they're trying to avoid judgment. They don't want to be judged. They don't want to be judged by their friends. They don't want to be, the mothers don't want to be judged by other mothers and and because we fear judgment, we we just we feel this pressure so that we won't be a target. 
Mm-hmm. And that's that's what these girls, you know, in front of the mirrors forever are and we're like, are you kidding me? You look perfect. But but they don't want to be judged. Mm-hmm. And so and it, what's really interesting is that this is a huge huge problem for the affluent. It's not it's it's um, you think kids who have everything, who've got a lot of money. I, I work with a lot of. It, it, this is not just my opinion. This is research, um, because some there's expectations. If you go to that private school, there's a lot of money. The competition is even higher, and then the competition never ends because, like, we'll just take body image. You know, like maybe you're at the top of the school, but you maybe not look like that supermodel. So mm-hmm. it it it's doesn't play fair. Mm-hmm. So I really, you know, I, Brene Brown's work is so like important that deals with the shame and stuff. So it's really, I mean, girls are biologically hardwired to be imperfect. That's normal. Mm-hmm. And so if if moms, if we can give them a message, like it's really okay that you make a mistake because you're not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You, like you make a C, it's not the end of the world. So do you, how do you advise parents? How do you advise moms to, to, um, you know, teach their daughters to, to love their bodies, love themselves and to not expect that they have to be perfect when they walk out the door or whatever, perfect in school. Are, are there tips that you give moms in order to help them with their self-esteem? Yeah. Well, here's what's, what's interesting is that our girls are really influenced by us. Like we are the model. And a lot of times they won't listen to, you know, our advice that we're giving them, our mother lecture, they kind of blow that off. But they are watching how we, you know, treat ourselves. They watch how we treat others. So if if you as a mom, you know, say, God, look at yourself in the mirror and say, oh my gosh, I'm so fat. You're not modeling anything, you know, that, that's not a great thing that you're modeling for your daughters. But if you model kind of grace for yourself and you make a mistake and you kind of laugh about it and you use humor and you show it's not the end of the world, that models something really powerful. You know, telling, now you have to be careful with this, but, you know, telling your daughter, um, you know, something where you kind of made a mistake Mm-hmm. Um, can be helpful. Like you, you never want to say, "Oh yeah, I was addicted to alcohol in high school," you know, because that like gives them permission to do it. Mm-hmm. But if you say, "Yeah, you know, I made it," you know, I made a C in Spanish because actually I made a D in Spanish in high school because my friend was um, from Cuba and we cut up the whole time and she made an A and I made a C. So, um, so I mean, I. I'll, I'll tell some kind of funny stories, but, um, you know, that, that she sees that you're real. It's not the end of the world that you got back up, that you, you tried again, um, teaching them just to do something, even if, cause you love it, you can do sports just cause you love it. You can sing cause just, you can love it. And you modeling that can be really helpful. Um, you know, sometimes, Giving really specific, specific encouragement can be helpful. So if you say, oh, you're, you're just great, or you're just fine, 
that's not really helpful. But um, like complimenting, like, you know how you, you work so hard. Like you just, every night you pulled that book out, you worked hard and you studied and you gave it your all. I am so proud of you. Where it's not based on result Mm -hmm. is really helpful. Yeah, I can imagine that would be, you know, just really uh, reinforcing, like, and like you said, I think that's really so true that moms, I think sometimes, and dads will be thinking, you know, that the child isn't listening because, because they shut down when you start going into the mommy lecture of whatever. Um, But like you said, I think that's so true that they're, they're watching you, they're watching, you know, every move you make, they, even if they're not saying anything, they're paying very much attention to how you're living your life and you're setting that you're the, you're the, the, the first teacher. Really? Yeah. 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 So if, if parents and I totally get it, I mean, you know, my daughter was 11. I had been a, a marriage and family therapist for 14 years and she so pushed my buttons and I just lost it. And, um, i been a youth minister for 10 years, thousands of teens thought I was the coolest ever, <laughs> like guitar. And, um, and I thought it would be so easy for me. And so I said, Oh, my gosh, it's really easy to lose it. And so the thing that scared me back then is when I looked in her eyes, um, I saw I'd become the enemy. And I didn't want I didn't want to alienate my own child. And so, you know, my, my work, my book, it's really about turning things around so that that we parent in a, in a powerful way by being intentional and not just being reactive. So, so often, you know, parents will lose it because the teen did the eye rolls, slammed their door, was sassy, lied. But if we lose it, we're again modeling to our children, even if we lose it and give a good mother lecture, all they're going to hear is that we lost it. Mm-hmm. They hear that we lost control. We lost self-control. So one of the biggest gifts that we can give our, our kids is maintaining our own self-control. Yeah, that, that's well, that's great advice, I think, um you know, for anybody, regardless of yeah. mother daughters, <laughs> I know yeah. you. I know you gave a uh, a TED talk, a TEDx talk in Wilmington, right? Um, yes. What uh, for for those who aren't familiar, a, a, a TED talk or a TEDx talk? It, it's like what about fifteen minutes? Is that about the time frame of? Can yeah. they be longer yeah. than that? I was thinking they're all about fifteen minutes. They, but, they can be. They they can be from five to twenty minutes. And but, they yeah. And they're just like for for people who aren't familiar, they're they're on really technology, education, um, design, business, things like that. So, what was your TED talk about? I was just curious um, about that because I know there's a tremendous amount of work. Yes. Well, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You're you're so right. Well, um, it really was uh, it really was about getting that downtime in your everyday life and um, through hanging out, through um, spontaneous check-ins, positive distractions, and also um, calming emotions and calm down conversations. So this is all the 15 minutes a day, taking a break, some downtime. And because I think, 
you want to have natural ways to de-stress, natural ways to kind of calm down. And if we can make our homes places where kids can kind of actually relax, too often our homes are places that they've had stress all day at school and then there's so much tension at home that they can't relax either. And we're, we're setting our kids up for Xanax if we do that. So we want to have playfulness, laughter um, in our homes. Mm-hmm. That, well, that's just really, really good advice because there's so much, uh, so much of that Xanax and uh, anti-depression uh, medication out there and, and a lot of the, the um, also the ADD and uh, just so much um, uh, of our kids, it seems like, compared to, you know, when I was growing up, it, I don't remember hardly anybody being on anything. I, I never knew of anybody taking anything for that was prescribed unless they had yeah. some kind of serious medical issue. But, um, well, just to, to wrap up, cause, um, I wanted to, I, I could literally talk to you all day about this cause you, mm-hmm. I'm sure you have so much, uh, information and I just want people to know how they can find you. If you could let us know. And I think you have some, some great free content that's available for people if they'd like to, to access it. So can you can you share some of that of how people can reach you and get that content? Sure. Um, you can go to my website, which is ColleenOGrady.com, and that's um, two L's, two E's, O-G-R-A-D-Y, at .com. And, um, yeah, I have some really f- some great resources for you. So I have a Dial Down the Drama triple pack. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people really need that. <laughs> yeah. So um, I give you a, a free chapter of my book, Dial Down the Drama. And um, I, I have a weekly e-zine called Power Your Parenting, Reconnect with Your Teenage Daughter and Reclaim Your Life. Um, and each week I have a really great article that's really helpful and that's free. And then um, I have an ebook called Seven Ways to Help Your Teenager and Yourself. So all of that's for you. And I know I talk a lot about teenage daughters, but this also uh, works for teenage boys too. Teenage boys can be drama kings. <laughs> um, but I, I, I talk about mothers and daughters because that tends to be a little bit more where the drama kind of happens. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so you can find all of that at ColleenOGrady.com. I do have some podcasts and blogs. So there's all sorts of good stuff on there. That's, and are you on Facebook as well? Yeah, I'm on Facebook, Colleen O'Grady, Dial Down the Drama. Um, if you go to my website, you, you'll see um, a way to listen to my uh, TEDx talk. Oh, nice. Which is 13 minutes. That's awesome. And, yeah. So um, that's how you can find me, Colleen O'Grady. And if you can't find that, you can do dialdownthedrama.com. It'll take you to the same place. Well, thank you so much. You've been such a great guest and, and such great information and really inspiring to, to a lot of moms out there that really want to have the best relationship they can have with their kids. So um, I would just want to thank you again, and hopefully people will check it out. So this wraps up this episode of the Pipple Patty Show. And, uh, you know, make time. I always tell people, please take time to create a master plan for your life. Because if you if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And it's really important to map it out for yourself so until next time thanks again